What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Got another edition of Thursday Turf Talk coming at you guys today. Dropping on Thursday morning. Is that uh, November 2nd? Can't believe we're already in November. Um, we are into week 10 of college football, week 9 of the NFL, which is crazy to think about. Doesn't really feel like we've been at it that long, but this is kind of how it always goes. Um, always feels like we get uh, get through the season really, really quick. So um, definitely a little bit bittersweet, but we're really into the kind of the thick of college football and really getting down to the, the nitty gritty in the schedule here. And um, I guess we'll kick it off with, uh, with college football first game of the week. Yeah. Pretty good slate that we have this week for college football. Um, you look at it, we have five ranked matchups, two in the Pac-12, a Big 12, and two SEC. So overall, um, a pretty balanced slate. I think, like you said, the first college football playoff rankings came out, which we'll get to in a little bit. Now they came out on Tuesday, and they're gonna be there's going to be weekly updates to them. So the first rankings don't really mean a whole lot, but Still um, got some rankings. Kicking it off with a Big 12 game. I would just go over them in order of when they're being played. So all these games are on Saturday. The first one is 23K State at number seven, Texas. Um, Texas is favored by four. I'm going with Texas, but I'm picking K-State to cover. I think this is probably Texas' most tough matchup outside of uh, the game versus OU. And I think K-State plays really well. They're one of the more consistent teams in the Big 12 over the last few years, and I think they make it close against Texas. Yeah, I'm taking Texas to win at home, Texas to cover, only because I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game, and I think in that matchup I'm going to take Texas to cover the four points in Austin, uh, mainly because I think, again, I've said it all year, and and they were even a really good second-half team against Oklahoma. They've been the best second-half team in the nation for most of the year. Um, even with their one loss coming against Texas they or against Oklahoma, they were much better in the second half than they were in the first half. So with that said, I think that they get it done. I think they get a late turnover or a late stop and then end up scoring another points, a few more points to go, you know, maybe win by nine or win by 10 or win by 11, um, something like that. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough game. This is probably Texas's toughest game yet. And they don't have Quinn Ewers. Like I said, it shouldn't, technically shouldn't matter for them. That said, like we don't know, we'll see. So, um, so looking for them to to win this one and cover, but again, it should be a tight game this week. Next game we're gonna SEC matchup number twelve Mizzou going down to Athens, Georgia playing number two Georgia dogs favored by fifteen and a half at home. Um, I think this one, I can't believe Georgia got knocked down from one in the, in the CFP, but it's regardless. Um, I think Georgia wins. I think Mizzou covers though. Georgia's not really. I know if I let me if they pull up their schedule, they've they really haven't been challenged by a really good team yet. And while this Mizzou team is it did lose to LSU, like they lost in a tough one, they threw a pick six to basically end the game. So they're a really good Mizzou team. They're scrappy. They play well. They're disciplined. So I just I think 15 and a half is a really big spread, especially without Brock Bowers. So I think Georgia wins the game. But I think Georgia does not cover the 15 and a half point spread, despite being at home in Athens. Yeah, I think this is another big game. Um, obviously, Missouri has been pretty consistent as well this year, but Georgia, um, arguably the best team in the country. They have been the past few years going for their third straight national championship. I'm picking them to win and cover. I think they win big at home. Their offense is finally clicking, and I think they keep it going this week. Moving on to the Big 12, or back to the Big 12. 
Number nine, Oklahoma at number 22, Oklahoma State. A big-time rivalry that normally isn't a ranked matchup, um, given how bad Oklahoma State's been for most of the last five years. Um, OU's favored by five and a half. I'm going with Oklahoma to win and cover this one. I think even though it's at Oklahoma State, I mean, there's still probably going to be a good bit of Oklahoma fans there. And Oklahoma State's played really well. I just think OU's a little bit better. But they have been inconsistent, so it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from uh, a couple interesting weeks. But nonetheless, I think this rivalry speaks for itself, and it'll get the guys ready to play. And I think OU comes out on top. Yeah, Bedlam, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it feels weird having it this early in the year. I feel like we usually have it last week of the year during rivalry week. That said, um, it's kind of been some str- some weird kind of scheduling lately kind of with the the big 12 especially this year so adding teams uh losing a couple teams next year adding four more next year so been some weird scheduling stuff so it feels weird to have bedlam you know the first week of november but um how oklahoma state got ranked i'm not entirely sure they hadn't i don't think they'd received the vote in the ap poll for a few weeks and then magically they show up in the college football playoff poll so uh i i think this is one where they basically are trying to give Oklahoma some help. That that's how I take this. This is a this is a resume boosting game for Oklahoma, and they're basically trying to pump this up to be a ranked matchup when it really shouldn't be. The five and a half point spread against a rivalry game. I don't know. Oklahoma did not look good last week. And listen, I'm going to take my victory lap. I said it was going to be tight last week, and I said Kansas would cover. I didn't pick them to win, in fairness, but I said it would be tight. I said that you know, kind of they play tough in Lawrence, so. Take my victory lap on that one while I can now. But um, I think Oklahoma wins big this week, and it's a bounce back. We get to get right game for them against an Oklahoma State team that's really not that good, dude. I, again, I, I find it a bit strange that they are ranked this week. I understand that they're six and two. They have a loss to South Alabama, thirty-three to seven, though. Their best win is against Kansas, who I don't know how they're ranked either. It's a little surprising. I get that they won last week and it's a big win, but so maybe put it at twenty-five. That's fine, but. I'm just very unimpressed with Oklahoma State. Don't know why they're ranked, and we can get to that in a second. But Oklahoma wins big at home in the rivalry game. Next one here, Pac-12 matchup. Two teams that are going to be big. Ten teams next year. Number five, Washington going to Los Angeles to, to play. The number 20 ranked, number twenty overall Trojans. Uh, Washington favored by three on the road. Again, surprise USC is ranked this high. I don't know if it's as much of a resume bump because they had Oregon at six, who Washington just beat. Um, I think this is just Heisman bias for Caleb last year and, and, and a blue blood bias. So I think the committee's trying to do a, do a right by him and maybe get into a big bowl. I don't know. Um, it really isn't going to happen, but I think Washington wins. I think they cover Washington should score 80 points this week. They didn't give up 60, but they should score 80 this week because the USC defense is that unless Alex Grinch has suddenly just disappeared off the face of the earth and is no longer affiliated with the program. I don't know why this line is three. I know you're, you know, you're thinking something different, but I, I, man, I don't understand how USC covers this. Unless USC scores every time they touch the football, they score seven, which could maybe happen. I just don't see how, I mean, literally Washington gets, this is a game where Washington goes, all right, defense, get us one stop and we're winning this thing. Cause that's how, that that's kind of how it should go. They shouldn't, they shouldn't need more than one stop to win. They should score Seven points every time they touch the field. So um, I think Washington wins big on the road, helps boost the resume. 
I would say they if they win big, they probably leapfrog Florida State next week. Considering I don't I don't know if I don't think Florida State's idle, but I don't think they play anybody this week that's legit. If I yeah, they're playing Pitt. So if, if Washington wins, I think they jump Florida State in the rankings. But I think again in a roundabout way, Washington wins big on the road. I hate to say it, but I think they win big on the road and um, USC gets kind of trounced again and embarrassed. Yeah, I think this one could be close. Um, I did pick. USC to cover, which isn't likely to happen given that it's only a three-point spread. But I just picked – I mean, I obviously picked Washington to win. I picked USC to cover because I think Washington offense maybe doesn't have as smooth a game as they're anticipating. Or um, USC offense plays really well. Um, and, I mean, both of those can happen. It's more likely that USC offense just slightly plays better than what uh, Washington's offense. I know – personnel-wise and talent-wise outside of the quarterback position, it's not really equal, but it's still a Pac-12 matchup between two good teams, um, and I think it could come out of the wire, especially with Washington being on the road. I just think it could be close. Um, I don't know if it will, but I'm just hoping for a close game there with picking a USC to cover. SEC again, um, 14 LSU at 8 Alabama. Alabama's fared by three. I'm picking Bama to win in cover. I just don't think LSU's going to be able to do enough in that game in Tuscaloosa to uh, come out on top. I'd like to see LSU win to kind of put to bed Alabama get into the playoff because I don't want to see him in the playoff anymore. I'm just I'm over it. But I think – there's just been some question marks, I think, offensively with consistency for that team. I know they've lit it up passing the ball, and I know they've got, you know, Malik Neighbors had an unreal season, and then Jaden Daniels has had an awesome passing year. I just, I, I, I wonder if they can be consistent this week and, and then play some defense. Um, it feels like this is a game that Alabama's going to win and cover. Again, I'd like to see LSU win. It'd be great, but I think Bama wins. Bama covered. It's a big one. Rarely do Nick Saban teams come out flat like this more than a few times a year, right? I mean, we've already seen them come out flat a couple of times, so I think this is one that they get right. They beat LSU. It's a rivalry game for sure. So um, despite, you know, the matchup's great, the game within the game, I will be watching simply to watch Kool-Aid McKinstry versus Malik Neighbors this week, 110%. I, it's, get the popcorn out, sit down, watch those two guys. They're going to go at it. It should be an awesome matchup this week. Similarly to Kalen King, and Marvin Harrison Jr. a couple weeks ago. I think this is a little more evenly matched. I think I think Neighbors isn't as good as Marv, obviously, and I, th- and I think Kool-Aid's better than Kalen. So I think this is both guys are about almost on the same level. Um, curious to see how Alabama kind of uses. I know Kool-Aid's kind of sl- stand on one side most of the year. Curious to see if they have him follow Malik, how they use him. They, they also have a guy, I forget his name, but they've got a guy who's like leading the, leading the nation in touchdowns too. So LSU's got two receivers that have been great. They're obviously Malik, Malik Neighbors is the big draft name. So um, kind of putting a little bit of a draft spin on it, as I usually do. Definitely get a circle uh, Kool-Aid and Malik this week to kind of watch and watch the game within the game. Last one here, Thursday night game, Big 12, Texas Tech. Texas Tech taking on TCU uh, tonight, the day, the day this comes out. Uh, Texas Tech favored by three at home. Theron Morton making his comeback or his return this week after missing uh, the last couple games. Went out early against uh, Kansas State, missed the BYU game. Um Listen, if he wasn't playing and he wasn't healthy and picking TCU to win and cover whatever the point spread basically could be, that's I think if Morton plays tomorrow, the offense is going to be able to move the ball. They should be able to pass the ball, run the ball. Um, looking for Tech to win and cover. 
But it's gonna, I think it should be really – I mean, if the spread was a little more than three, I think I'd pick my pick TCU to cover. But three points is a pretty small spread. And I think Tech ultimately gets it done with the way that their offense has played when Morton's been in the game. Yeah, I agree. I'm picking Tech to win and cover by three, I think. With Morton coming back and they moved a couple of guys around, I know they're going to be without their left guard and tight end. But still, this should be enough. Um, the TC defense really isn't that great. Um, they don't have as many big-name guys as last year, obviously. So I think Tech should do enough to win this one. And they need to win a, game, a ranked game on the road if they want to make a bowl game in addition to winning this one. So um, a bowl game is not looking likely, unfortunately. Um, with the injuries to the quarterback room, you figure if they just had Morton the whole year that they're probably – you know, the same as last year. So, um, unfortunately, they're probably not making a bowl game as I think everyone anticipated them to do that at the very least. But picking them to win this week um, and have the weekend off, which would be nice for the team and its fans. Um, I guess we can do college football playoff thoughts so, first. I was, I was about to say, let's just hit the rankings now. That way we can get, yeah. we can get the picks rolling through. Um I guess I'll just I'll start by go, I'll go the I'll go the first half of the rankings. I guess we can just split it up. Talk about the you know the 15 to 25 or 16 25 um, frame in reverse order from 25 to 16. Air Force, Tulane, K State, Oklahoma State, Kansas, USC, UCLA, Utah, Tennessee, Oregon State. So Oregon State's at 16 there. Tennessee at 17. You guys gonna get the gist? Um, what six? That's me. Like I said, USC being ranked. At 20 is interesting. Oklahoma State being ranked in general, I think, is a bump for Oklahoma. That's giving them kind of a helping hand, if you will. Um, outside of that, I think this is fair. Um, obviously, we're seeing a Power 5 bias here with a lot of power. I mean, what, two P5 teams even, or G5 teams uh, represented here. So a little disappointing that we didn't get a few more of those in here. I think that this is a little too heavy on the Power 5s. Um, that said... Louisville, Missouri, and really, really good places to make some noise and, and, and kind of play spoiler here pretty soon. So um, I have no, really no problem with, with the 16 to 15. Oregon State losing to Arizona really hurt them. I thought, I thought they would have been top 10 this week had they won. I thought they would have cracked the top 10, given the fact that Penn State had lost. Ole Miss hadn't really been impressive a lot of times this year. So I really thought really thought Oregon State had a chance to, top, to crack the top 10, um, and they couldn't, which, which I think sucks for them. Yeah, I think – um, Air Force getting in undefeated, um, but overall you have three Big 12 teams in that frame. So it's going to change a lot. I think we're going to see a couple more G5 teams come in as Big 12 teams continue to play each other um, for four more weeks. Uh, but moving on from 15 to 9, 15 is Notre Dame, 14 is LSU, 13 is Louisville, 12 is Missouri, 11 is Penn State, 10 is Ole Miss, and 9 is Oklahoma. Um, so wide variety of conferences represented in that window. I think when you look at it, these are all teams that have two losses for the most part or, you know, one bad loss. And I think most of these teams in here can move up more so than move down. Um, they'll have great opportunities to finish out conference play strong and get into a conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl. They're likely all these teams are likely out of uh, the college football playoff, as I think there's about eight contenders left um but yeah still a bunch of good teams obviously louisville's played really consistently lsu kind of up and down but they've they have a ton of talent 
Um, Notre Dame has had a great schedule this year. Um, still has a few big games left on their schedule. They played pretty well. Um, and then Missouri. Missouri's kind of been slept on for most of the year. I feel like a lot of people have overlooked them, but being an SEC team, they play a really strong schedule, and they've played it well, too, obviously being ranked 12. Um, they're doing stuff really well. I think of this group, the only two teams I can see getting into the playoff at this point from 9 to 15 is Oklahoma or Mizzou. Mizzou has an outside chance because I know they lost LSU. This <clears throat> LSU team is good. Obviously, they're ranked 14th. They also lost a tough one, I believe, in Baton Rouge, I think the game was. If I'm not mistaken, I could be totally wrong. But the reason for this is because they have Georgia this week. If they beat Georgia, they immediately get – they punch their ticket. Not punch, but They have to win out. But I don't – you know, they beat Georgia. They should go ahead and win the rest of their games, right? So – I say that because if they beat Georgia, they basically punch their ticket to an SEC title game. If they win that, you have to put them in, right? So I think Mizzou's got the outside chance to get in. I don't think they do, but they have an outside chance if they beat Georgia this week. And I think Oklahoma does simply because if they can, if they go, they wax Texas. They, if they beat Texas again, they went out and beat Texas in Arlington for a Big 12 title. For a Big 12 title, I I think they could get in so long as Florida State. As long as there's another one-loss conference champ, I think Oklahoma would get in, given the fact they beat a good, a really good Texas team twice. So that's kind of it. We'll get into the next eight here that I think all of these teams have a very real chance, and I, we'll kind of talk about why here. Um, Alabama's at eight, Texas at seven, Oregon at six, UW at five, Florida State at four, Michigan at three, Georgia at two, Ohio State at one. Um I'll work with this back, this the last three here, because these are the three one-loss teams that are we'll, – we'll talk the undefeated teams in a second. But I think Bama, Texas, and Oregon all – I mean, Oregon's path is the easiest, I think. You beat Washington. You went out and you beat Washington. You're probably getting in. You'd probably need a Florida State – or you need a loss from one of those – well, actually, they should get in. The Pac-12 winners should get in as long as they have one loss or they're undefeated. Because I don't think – now – Given that Ohio State's at one, this might change. I don't think we can let in a one-loss non-champion if we have a one-loss Pac-12 champion. That's been really good all year, right? So if if Oregon's one loss and they go and beat Washington again in a game they should have beat Washington in to start with on the road, how do you not put them in? How do you not put those guys in the playoff? They've they've beat they've beaten the piss out of everybody else they've played. They rocked Utah. They embarrassed Colorado. So I don't know how they don't get in at that point. Um, Texas can get in with a one loss as long as they get a couple of losses ahead of them. And they need a Florida State loss. They need an ACC team to have one loss because their Bama win is going to help them if they can win out. Bama, it's pretty clear. Went out and beat Georgia. You're getting in. So um, I don't think it happens, but I think the path, like I guess like the easiest quote path without, without help is just – well, I think they need. We'll get to. I'll get to the top five here, and we'll, I'll explain why Bama needs help. But we can we can continue. Yeah, I mean, ideally, we don't have. We have four different conferences represented in the playoff this year. I think that would be ideal. Um, but the top five, Washington. I think. I mean, it's easy for them. They're undefeated right now, um, but it's also 
not as easy because they have to hope that they win out because you don't want to have that last game of the year be a loss before the decision's made because that'll definitely influence, I think, what voters think about who to put at that four or three spot. Four being Florida State, undefeated. ACC has looked better than expected this year with how Louisville's played. Um, you know, Clemson's kind of fallen off, but Notre Dame's basically been playing ACC schedule this year. Um, I think Florida State, no doubt, is the team that's going to bring in really good ratings if they were to make the playoff. Um, a team that's made it before, and I think they can't have more than one loss. If they even have one loss and win it, then they'll be in. Um, Michigan's at three, Georgia two, Ohio State one. I think Michigan has the best shot because I think they're going to beat Ohio State. And if they beat Ohio State, they should automatically so you be can in lock them in with one loss. Them. Yeah. And they, then, can, they can lose the Big 12 title game, the Big Ten title yeah. game. They'll get in. Yeah. And then Georgia, I mean, it's pretty simple for them. Um, they just have to win, and they don't really have a crazy hard schedule. I think if they lose the title game, I wouldn't be surprised they if they still didn't might make it. Get in. Yeah. Because just because of they've made it the past two years, I'll probably help them. Granted that they've won it. Um, Ohio State being one, I know, was a little shocking to most people. Um, but just based off, they they nonetheless, no doubt, have um, a really good resume to this point. But I think when you look at, now granted, the ranking was this week, so it's understandable. But when the season comes to the end, uh, it's going to be shocking to see them in the top four, maybe even top five. I mean, they're probably going to end up at six or seven, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, basically... I think Michigan and Georgia are going to make it. I would still count on Florida State to be in the playoff, and then my fourth team would probably be Washington. In terms of the Big 12, um, you're just hoping Texas or OU wins out, and that's really the only shot that they have to get in, and that even then it's not a guarantee that they get in. Um, I think they would put a Big 12 team in before they put in Michigan and Ohio State, though. Um I think you're right. But the only problem is, is, I mean, obviously Michigan and Ohio State still have yet to play. Michigan has a tougher remaining schedule. So because of that, Ohio State's resume currently is better. Um, Georgia, I would say, is going to be in. And Florida State, I would say they're going to be in, just in terms of the ACC picture. So it's really between the Big 12, Big 10, and Pac-12. And the Pac-12 is just going to come down to whoever wins that title game. Um, but it's between Washington and Oregon. No one else has a shot to get into that game. And I think, I mean, Notre Dame being an independent, does, they won't get in. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope just for the sake of ratings purposes and who I want to see matchups and stuff, I hope it's Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. I just, I mean, you never know, but I, it's going to figure itself out. I know we touched on it a little bit on the Tuesday episode. It's going to figure itself out, though, I think, um, as we get, you know, week to week. Obviously, the next rankings come out on Tuesday. It comes out every Tuesday. But, um, you know, if we see, let's say, Georgia loses to Missouri, then they, you know, that changes a lot. And they drop probably out of the top four. You put I mean, Washington all, in. All so. hell breaks loose if they lose to Mizzou. Right. All hell breaks loose if they Because here's the thing. They, they haven't looked at the part this year. So I can kind of understand them getting getting dropped from from one, 
And I will I I will say Ohio State definitely has the best. They they do have probably the best resume right now, given the fact they beat Penn State and they beat Notre Dame. That said, like the eye test still exists, and I I, I do want to ask you because I want your opinion on this because I think that I think Florida State being above Washington is very much like recency bias. Like what have you done for me lately? Um, and I don't know if that's entirely fair. Um, of Washington's schedule real quick, simply just because I want to see their scores match up um, against kind of what Florida State's done. Because again, college football is a little more transitive than than the pros, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, think Washington should be ahead of Florida State right now. Okay, I was gonna say that's what I was gonna ask you because I get that they've got the LSU win, but if I look at and I know that like they hung on hung on against Washington or Arizona State and then they hung on against Stanford, but if you look at their other like Arizona was tough, but like if you look at their other games, like they they've blown everyone out. They beat a good they beat a good Oregon team, so I just I wonder. Man, wins aren't that great still, but I I still think like looking at Florida State like. Florida State should have lost to an unranked Clemson team. They should have. Clemson had that game won. They had missed a field goal to win the game. They beat Boston College by two. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know. I, I I don't, I just, watching Florida State and watching Washington, I feel like Washington's the better team. That said, I still think Oregon is better than Washington. I still think that's, I still think that's the case. Like as, as, as much of a, as much of a pain as it would be, because Washington has the easier path, obviously, to get into the playoff. I think Oregon's going to beat them when they play in Vegas for the title game. That said, like Washington's got a tough schedule this next four weeks. USC is not going to be a cakewalk this week, I don't think. Then they then they host a, a scrappy Utah team. Then they go to Corvallis, play Oregon State, and they host Washington State. And granted, Washington State sucks, but it's a rivalry, it's a rivalry game. That's not going to be an easy win for them. So. They've got a tough slate. Oregon is kind of past all of that. I think their schedule – yeah, I mean, it's Cal, SC, Arizona State, and Oregon State. Oregon State's the toughest one, but it's in Austin, so they get kind of a boost there. Um, I don't know. I, I really think – like, I, I – Florida State not getting Louisville is lucky for them. I, th- I think we're going to only have one or two undefeated teams at the end of this thing. I know we do this every year. We've got undefeated teams at this point. We have, you know, three or four or five of them. I don't think I still think it's gonna play like it is every year. Georgia's gonna be undefeated. Michigan's gonna be undefeated. They'll be one and two. I do think Michigan should be one this year. If they wax Ohio State like they think like I think they're going to, because they probably should, and they don't play anybody close all year like I think is gonna happen, they should be at one. Now, right. will the committee do that? I don't know. I think it would be a really unfair if they didn't, but whatever. It wouldn't shock me. Now, I think, again, Georgia's in it too. And then the question becomes, how do these teams fare? Who are the one-loss teams that get in? That's where I think we're going to see a lot a lot of stuff happen. If I had to, if I had to predict right now what's going to happen, I think, Ohio, I think Michigan's one, Georgia's two, Oregon ends up at three. And to me, it's between Florida State and Texas for four. Because I, yeah, I, I think say, Florida State could very easily lose to Louisville to end the year. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's going to be – yeah, they definitely have a tough schedule. Um, well, tough 
title game. Um, yeah, and I'll say this. They they end the year in Gainesville in Florida. That's not going to be an easy game. I know Florida's not great this year, but they they hook it to Tennessee in because they were in Gainesville. That environment when they are – and they're – no matter how bad that team is, they're that that crowd is going to be juiced for Florida State. That is, they is the biggest rivalry game on the slate for them. They're going to be amped up to play Florida State. So don't be shocked if Florida State rolls into Gainesville and takes a loss to end the year. It wouldn't. Sh- it would now. Would it surprise me a little bit? It would not shock me. Though. I would not be like, oh my god, that's crazy. It wouldn't totally shock me. You right. know. So again, if. Uh, like if Florida State's one loss and you have a one loss Texas or an Oklahoma, what happens? I don't know. So it's kind of that. That's kind of where you almost think like, how does the how does Bama finish? How does LSU finish? I think we talked this. I think I said this the other day. Like the Bama LSU game might have bigger implications for Florida State and Texas than it does for each other for the playoff. Because I think whoever wins that game then goes to the SEC title game and that gives the leg up to Florida State or Texas, right? So I think that's that's one thing we really need to watch this weekend. I didn't talk about it with the game, but um, and we'll try and get to the, the NFL picture in a second. But I think that's I guess we talked about it yesterday. I think that's something to watch that the winner of that game provides the boost to the team that beat them early in the year, whether it's Florida State or Texas with Bama right. or LSU winning. I think that kind of becomes the the boost that they need, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean it's I mean like I said, it's going to figure itself out over these next few weeks. I think going into the conference title game weekend, because we have three more weeks than rivalry week and then conference title weekend. Um, I think when we go into the conference title weekend, we should have a pretty good idea of who's playing for a playoff spot. It's probably going to be down to six teams. And then after that, I mean, we'll know. I don't think there's going to be much discrepancy on in terms of what teams get in. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people like bickering over who got in and who didn't get in. I think it's going to be a pretty clear picture and it's going to be, these four teams were most deserving, and I think it's going to be pretty unanimous, um, more so than in years past. But that pretty much does it for college. Uh, moving on to NFL, Week 9 is kicking off tonight with Titans at Steelers. Um, four teams do have a bye week this week, though. Um, Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars from the AFC. And then from the NFC, the Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers are off. But kicking it off with the Thursday night football game, Titans at Steelers, um, a big time game. I honestly think this line could be even, but I think with Kenny Pickett saying he's going to play at the two and a half point um, margin in favor of Pittsburgh is about fair. I am picking the Steelers to still win. I was, I mean, I'm high on the Titans. They looked really good with Will Levis. Diahop looked good. Derrick Henry had a pretty good game, but I still just think, the Steelers are going to play well, especially since they lost at home last week or Sunday. I think four days later, staying home. Um, I don't think they're going to lose two home games in a row um, in a five-day span. So I'm going with Steelers to win, but Titans to cover and make it close. I'm going to go Titans to win, Titans to cover the two the two and a half point spread on the road. Will Levis looks really good. I'm not picking this because of Will Levis. I'm more picking this because I think that the Steelers are really bad. That's kind of it. Kenny Pickett has not been good. He's not healthy. And uh, I, unless if the Steelers win, it's because the defense kind of propels them to a win with TJ Watt. And like I said, Joey Porter Jr. been playing really well to start the year. So uh, I think Tennessee wins the game, though. gets a big road win. I think, again, two two well-coached teams. That's the other thing I kind of think about here. I think I often will lean to Pittsburgh because 
oftentimes they have a, a severe coaching advantage. I still think they have a slight advantage, but I think Braves is a really, really, really good coach. I think he always has his guys ready to play, which is I've talked a lot about is a huge thing. So I'll go with the Titans to win, Titans to cover, um, kind of getting picking up some steam offensively here. As of late, Dolphins at Chiefs, Chiefs favored by two and a half at home. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, Chiefs to cover. I know they lost last week, but chalk it up is like the one game a year the Chiefs look awful. They like they look terrible. Like they lost a the game to the Raiders last year, and the Raiders were god awful. So chalk it up is that. Um, it's a get right game for them. I'm curious to see what this defense pre- presents to Miami because Spags does a lot of different things defensively. I know they don't have Nick Bolton this week, but I'm curious to see what they will kind of what they will look to attack Miami with this week and how they will look to beat and stop that that high-powered offense. But give me the Chiefs to win. Feels like a game where, you know, maybe Miami scores late or, you know, the Chiefs get the ball up three with six minutes left and Miami just either never touches the ball again or never gets it back without, you know, down less more than down less than a score. So I think I think this is a game where Pat comes through late. Him and Travis go dominate a drive and they get down and score a touchdown late to either put them up and win the game or put them up two scores and kind of lock it up. So give me the Chiefs to win a, a solid win here on, on at home and kind of a get right game for them. Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I'm going with the Dolphins to win and cover the two-point underdog spread. The Dolphins have looked good. Obviously, the Chiefs have the edge defensively, but I think the Dolphins are going to do enough to win. I mean, Mahomes honestly hasn't been great this year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that. The Chiefs have weapons, even though um, HN's out. Um, and I mean, neither team made any moves at the deadline, so that didn't really have an impact on this one. So I'm going with the Dolphins in this one. Seahawks at Ravens, um, another big time game. This I probably pick the Seahawks at a neutral site, honestly. Um, I'm picking the Ravens to win because it's a cross country trip for Seattle, and the spread is five and a half, and I'm picking Seattle to cover. So I think Seattle's going to lose by less than six. Um, I mean, this should be a one-score game, no doubt. I know what the Ravens did to the Lions two weeks ago at home, but I feel like that was kind of an anomaly. Now the Lions are looking a little bit um, like pretenders over the past couple weeks with a kind of a lazy win over the Raiders, but I'm still picking. I believe, I believe the word you you used tonight was fraudulent. I believe is the word that you used right. via text tonight. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I was talking about all the teams that I think are contenders, and I left the Lions out of the NFC picture strictly because it's just the Niners and Eagles fully healthy are much better than the rest, um, to be honest. I think that's how I feel about it. Um, But, yeah, I'm going with the Ravens to win. Obviously, I hope they win, but um, first of a three-game homestand, which hardly ever happens, um, six of their final nine are at home, and – Outside of a West Coast trip to L.A., they're not really going that far. So should be favorable for them. Um, they got a couple guys back to practice this week. Knock on wood, it seems like they're finally building up their roster more than it's falling apart um, for a couple weeks in a row here. So I'm going with the Ravens. Um, look for them to stay on track. Two really good defenses. Um, I think Seattle's top three. Um, and the Ravens have been number one in most categories. So um it's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens offensively attack Seattle's defense, especially since they acquired uh, Leonard Williams. Their secondaries looked good. Um, so it should be a fun game to watch, but I'm picking it to be close. I'm going with the Ravens to win, Ravens to cover. I know five and a half is a decent spread. Um, 
that said, I think for some reason it feels like the the Seahawks just haven't been able to get the ball rolling with the passing game. I'm curious to see if that changes this week, given the fact that the Ravens secondary has been, I guess more of the corner room has been banged up and just the one kind of, it feels like the one soft spot on that defense. That's said, the safety room is really, really, really good. Um, and the front seven's awesome. So it kind of makes up for it. So I'm curious to see where, you know, can, can Seattle even pass like, I'm not expecting them to run the ball a ton, so can they throw the ball? Can they take advantage of maybe a size matchup with DK Metcalf? Can they kind of take advantage of getting some isolated, you know, reps, kind of draw the safeties away, spread the ball out a little bit? So um, I know Mike McDonald. M- Mike is his first name, correct? I'm not. Yeah. yeah, Mike McDonald. Yeah, he's he's been great this year, um, considering the fact that the Raiders fired a head coach last night. Mike, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit right now. Mike McDonald's a guy who should get it. I don't know if he gets a job this cycle because I think the NFL is very apprehensive given how the last few defensive coordinator hires have gone for teams. I'm apprehensive that he gets a job, but I think he gets tons of interviews, though. I think he gets tons of interviews this yeah. offseason, probably another year out of a job. And I think he very well could get a job this year. He's done wonders with that defense considering how banged up the secondary has been. And just overall, as, as thin as the secondary has been this year, even last year. Um, So it's, it's been impressive what he's been able to do. So. Kind of on a roundabout way, I think the Ravens get the win here. Offense has really been clicking, especially the passing game. The passing game has been kind of gotten some momentum going the last few weeks. They're a little slow to start the year. Offense was just a little – the offense sputtered to start the year a little bit, which growing pain. So I think they really found their – kind of found their groove and found their stride. So looking for the Ravens to get a big win here at home. Uh, cover the five-and-a-half-point spread against the Seahawks, who I think are a really, really, really good team in the NFC. Cardinals at Browns, Cleveland favored by eight. Typically, I pick Arizona to cover. I have a lot this year. I think the Browns win and cover because Clayton Toon has to play arguably the best defense in football. That's not ideal for your first NFL start. Um, I'm going to say a prayer for him because Miles Garrett is going to be in his lap all day. Um, I will probably go back and try and watch the game tape of Paris Johnson Jr. this week if he plays. But I don't know why he wouldn't. I think, he, obviously, I do want to see him match up against Miles and see how he does. Um, that said, I'm going to say a prayer or, prayer or seven for Clayton Toon's health because it's going to be tough this week. Rookie quarterbacks often hold the ball too, especially like not. How do I say this respectfully? Not highly as touted. talented. Yeah, not as highly touted rookie quarterbacks like Clayton Toon tend to hold the ball a long time, and he did it a lot in college. So I'm just I I hope he makes it through the game because it could be real tough for him this week. So. Uh, give me the Browns to win and cover, not because they're going to score a whole lot of points, simply because I don't know if Arizona scores. Literally, I don't know if they score double-digit points this week. I genuinely, they, unless they score, okay, but the offense will not be scoring more than nine points this week. Put it that way. The defense might score, especially if P.J. Walker plays, because P.J. Walker, but, brother, it's going to be tough for the offense this week. Yeah, I mean, the Browns sitting at four and three, the Cardinals at one and seven. Uh, it's a pretty easy decision. Browns picking them to win in cover. They should win by double digits, um, especially, like you said, with Clayton Toon making his first career start. Just a, a rookie that didn't really get a ton of attention in the offseason. Um, you know, the Cardinals picked him up. Kyler Murray, um, you know, if something happens, maybe Kyler makes an appearance, but I think they're going to have him out this week just to give Clayton a shot, see how he does before they rush Kyler back from that ACL surgery in early January. So uh, Browns should win this one. Being at home um, never hurts as well. Buccaneers at Titans, a NFC-AFC matchup. 
Titans are back home, favored by three after a disappointing loss on the road to the Panthers as the Panthers got their first win of the season. I'm picking the Texans to win, but the Titans to cover the Bucks. The Texans to win, but the Bucks to cover. The Bucks have been a scrappy team this year as well. Um, you know, picks to have a top five pick. Still not far off from it, but nonetheless have had some scrappy games, a couple of uh, good wins for them. But I think the Texans are playing well. They played really well at home this year. Um, and they've always played teams close, it seems like, pretty much every game. So I'm going with the Texans to win this one. Give me the Texans to win, Texans to cover. I just think this Bucks team, uh, scrappy start of the year. They've been not very good the last few weeks. They're literally kind of, I don't even want to say regressed to the mean. I think they just, like, become themselves. Um, kind of some overinflated ones to start the year. So give me the Texans to win, Texans to cover the three at home. Bears at Saints, New Orleans favorite by eight and a half. Give me the Saints to win, Bears to cover. Listen, brother, Tyson Bajent can play some football, dude. That kid can. That kid has a place in this league. And I feel bad for him because the Bears are going to be picking Caleb Williams or Drake May for that football team this year simply because they're going to be bad enough to get them or the Panthers will be bad enough to get the top overall pick. Um, for record, I'll say now because we're gonna. I'm sure we we will do this on the on the pod when we do mocks. Should they receive another top three pick? they should be taking Olufashanu over Marvin Harrison Jr. The offensive line is that bad, and if you're picking Caleb Williams, you have to improve the offensive line. We'll get to that. We'll get to that discussion far later. We'll get to, we'll expand that conversation later on, but just wanted to put that out there given there was a mock draft Monday by my favorite uh, favorite podcast I listened to, NFLSC. So I figured I would drop that on there real quick that should be a little bit whatever. Um I feel bad for Tyson because he should get a shot somewhere and it's not going to be in Chicago. Um, nor will Justin Fields get another shot in Chicago, I don't think. But that kid can play. He can flat out play football. Um, he threw some seeds on Monday night. Um, granted, they really couldn't move the ball that much. They really didn't move the ball well. It was a lot of broken plays, broken coverages they moved the ball on. So, um, you know, credit to the Chargers. Pastors had a good night. They generated a lot of pressure, made Tyson uncomfortable. But that kid can play, man. I'm telling you right now, he's going to, he's going to land on a team in 2024 and start and win games for them. I'm telling you, right? He can play some football. He's not he's a game manager. He's hell. He's like Brock Purdy. Maybe. But that's the kind of quarterback he might be. He might be good enough to win you 10 games as long as you have elite players around him. If they if a team if a team can get him and surround him with really good players. Based on what I've seen through two weeks, why can't he win 10 games in a year? I know it's hard, but on a really good team, why couldn't he? He's, he's we can play football, dude. He can flat out play ball. So um, that said, I think the Saints win. This is, a, this is a game they need to win, frankly, to even stay in contention for the division as bad as it is. So it's crazy that we have four teams that could be picking in the top 10 unless they win the division. Like all of these teams will probably be picking in top the top 12 except for one that picks like 18th because they won the division. So, um, yeah, I think the Saints win. They need to win this game. I think they get right. But the Bears team is going to cover and make it interesting. I, Tyson, Bajan, like I said, nobody can play some football. Yeah, I mean, Bears at Saints. Saints obviously fared by eight and a half. Pretty big spread. But I'm picking Chicago to cover Saints to win as well, I think. Um, you know, like you said, the Saints defense has looked pretty good, but they've also looked – pretty poor in a few games um 
I think they their defense is a down week this week, but their offense plays well. Um, obviously have weapons on the offense, and I think they, you know, they won on the road last week, but they bounce back this week and get another get another good win against a struggling Chicago team. But definitely not one of the better games of the week. Um, Vikings at Falcons. I think this. I mean, Falcons are favored by four and a half, but I honestly think it could be more of an even spread. Um, I'm picking the Falcons to win, Vikings to cover with Kirk Cousins going down with the injury. Also on the Falcons side, Desmond Ritter getting benched. Taylor Heineke is now being the starter. So Heineke versus maybe Josh Dobbs, depending on how quickly he learns the offense. But even then, it's going to be Jaron Hall. And I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, I really don't know what to expect from this one. So I'm picking the Falcons to win, Vikings to cover. I just I think it's gonna be close, and I just think the Falcons are gonna come on come out on top because they're the home team and they have an experienced defense. Yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be Jaron Hall this week, so that's why I took the Falcons to win. I still think Minnesota covers just because these two teams aren't very good. Uh, hoping for a big Bijan week, obviously, but I think Atlanta wins. Uh, Minnesota covers. Same set, sentiment you echoed. Um, I don't think it'll be Dobbs. It sounds like it's gonna be Jaron Hall, so we should be in for some. Whatever the opposite of elite is, quarterback play this week um, in Atlanta. Rams at Packers on the road here in uh, Lambeau. Packers favored by three at home. Taking the Rams to win, Rams to cover. The Packers are just really bad. Drake May might be a Packer. I'm not going to lie to you. Drake May might be a Green Bay Packer. Yeah. Especially if Arizona ends up with the second overall pick. I don't, as good as as scrappy as they've looked, I don't think they're going to trade Kyler now. Uh, especially just kind of, again, given – even if he, if he comes back and looks good, they won't trade him. So if they end up with a second overall pick, I could see Green Bay trading with even three. I could see Green Bay moving up a little bit. Or Green Bay could have the second overall or third overall pick. They're that bad. They've looked horrendous. So um, that's not really an indictment on Jordan Love. It's more just like they should never be this bad again with Matt LaFleur at the helm. So um, take the quarterback now, but again, they, they, they've been bad, uh, defensively, they've been really, really bad. They've been terrible offensively at times. The offensive line needs a lot of work. So, um, taking the Rams to win. And again, again, it's green Bay for everybody. I think this is a, a solely a reflection of the fact that, that the Rams got waxed by the Cowboys last week. I don't think this yeah. Rams team is that bad though. I think they're, I think they played a, they played a bad game and they got caught on the road. And against a really good team. This happens in the NFL sometimes. So give me the Rams to win, win by probably two scores and get right this week on the road and thrust themselves back in the conversation for a potential, for a potential wild card spot in the NFC. Yeah. I'm picking the Rams to win in green Bay as well. I think just like you said, I mean, kind of feel the same about it. Um, the Rams should bounce back this week and get a, get a good win. Um, obviously improve the record and help them fight for a playoff spot. Moving on to another AFC-NFC matchup. The Commanders are going north to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. Patriots are fared by three and a half. Uh, this one was interesting, and then I remembered that uh, the Commanders lost their two edge rushers in Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I'm going with the Patriots to win at home this week. Um, they've played – They obviously, they're not a great team. They haven't played great, but they played some close games at home, and I think they could still, you know – win some games here down the stretch. I know Belichick has um, got a new contract this prior to the season, and he's holding out until he passes uh, the all-time wins record, 
which he's still like 19 wins away or something. So I'm going with it's gonna take the Patriots. A it's going to take yeah. a minute with that team, dude. It's going to take about a decade. I, I Realistically, he probably coaches this year and then three more to get there unless they have a really good offseason. But yeah, you figure about six wins a year for this squad um, unless they do something crazy or get a couple big games. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with the Patriots to win this and cover as it's a pretty close spread. I think the Commanders will keep it close, probably lose by six, though. Um, picking the Commanders to not help Bill Belichick's case here, getting the all-time wins record. Uh, give me the Commanders to win, Commanders to cover the Pats. I don't know what was in the water last week in Foxborough. They beat the Bills somehow. I think they get back to normal. The Commanders, man, they've lost some tough games this year. They are scrappy. Sam Howell is making his case to be the long-term quarterback there. And good for him, man. He's Listen, he's looked bad at times, but he's also looked pretty good. So... Uh, Offensive line is still an issue for them. That said, I think they get it done this week on the road. Commanders get the win, cover the three-and-a-half point spread, obviously. Colts at Panthers. Colts favored by two-and-a-half on the road in Carolina. Give me the Colts to win, Colts to cover. Minshew, Minshew Magic, man. They've been they've been rolling offensively. They've really hit their stride. Um, it feels like they have, a, they have a, a really something cooking in the skill room with Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss. Seems to be a really solid one-two combo for them. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Josh Downs have been a really solid one, too, without Pierce kind of coming in the wide receiver three role. So I like what they have at the skill positions, um, like their future stock. with. I like the futures for this team, just given the fact they've got Anthony Richardson and then get the offensive line right in the upcoming draft or maybe even get Brock Bowers you know, next year. I like their stock a lot, so uh, kind of going forward. So give me them to win this week, though. Beat the Panthers and um, a really bad Panthers team that just can't quite seem to get it right from like a front office down standpoint. So give me the, give me the Colts to win on the road this week and cover. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Colts lost at home last week to the saints and I'm counting on them to bounce back. I know the Panthers won at home last week against the Texans, but I'm picking the Colts to win this one in Carolina um, favored by two and a half pretty small spread. I think the Colts should be favored by five, maybe, uh, but picking them to win probably by eight or nine or so uh, moving on here to another um, AFC-NFC matchup, and the Giants at Raiders. Raiders are favored by two. Um, another, call it what you want, not very good matchup between two teams that are fighting for a top-five pick. Um, I'm picking the Raiders to win this one at home. I know Aiden O'Connell is going to get the start this week with Jimmy Garoppolo being benched. I know the Raiders fired their GM, head coach, and OC. I know they have an interim coach for the rest of the year, but that's kind of the reason I'm going with them. Um, I think they're, that's going to kind of galvanize them and bring them together, help that culture in the locker room a little bit this week. And they still have guys that can go out there and make plays. I know Devontae Adams was frustrated last week, and really since he's been a Raider, um, they still have Max Crosby who could contend for defensive player of the year. He's been incredible. Um, so I think they're going to get the win here. I think it's going to be close, uh, but I think they cover the two-point spread. Man, I think the Giants win this one, Giants cover – Aiden O'Connell looked bad in the game that he played against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. Um, he got sacked like eight times, I think, or something something crazy, like nine sacks maybe. So um, I just don't think he's going to be able to get it on offensively against a solid Giants defense. Um, give me the Giants to win and cover at home or on the road, sorry. Um, it's kind of really all I got for that one. Um, Cowboys-Eagles, Eagles favored by three at home. Eagles win, Eagles cover. Three is a pretty tight spread. I feel like this is a game where the Eagles remind everybody why they're the best team in the NFC. Um, given how bad the 49ers have looked the last few weeks. So um, I feel like we forget about the Eagles because they're not blowing everybody out this year. 
And yes, they've not looked as good as they were last year, but I still think they're the class in the NFC. I still think from top to bottom, they've got the best roster in football. Um, they only got better adding Kevin Byard. So I think they, uh, they win big this week and they, they, they seem to just have Dak's number in every sense of the way, right? It just feels like they, they know exactly how to beat him every single time they play. So um, give me the Eagles, give me them to win and cover the three points in the, at the, uh, at the link this week and uh, get a big win for the Eagles fans and for the really a big win for the division too. Yeah. I mean, I think Dallas, Dallas should keep it close and picking them to cover. Uh, it's going to be within three, but I'm picking the Eagles to win it being at home. Um, Dallas has kind of been up and down this year with a loss to Arizona and the Eagles haven't looked great. Honestly, they've been grossly overrated in my opinion. And I don't think they're going to do a whole lot, but granted given how, um, given how weak the NFC is, I think they can still make a run. They just haven't really looked great given that the talent they have on their roster. Um, but I am picking the Eagles to win this one. Moving on to Sunday night football. Um, the first time these teams have squared off since their no contest with the DeMar Hamlin, um, situation, I'm sure there'll be some kind of, um, I don't know what you want to call it. Maybe little ceremony or recognition uh, before the game begins as the Bills and Bengals face off in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by two. Um, I think the Bills are going to win this one and cover. Cincinnati's just been really iffy. I know that they won in San Fran, but, I mean, they were playing. The San Fran secondary hasn't looked great, and they didn't have Debo. They didn't have Trent Williams, and without those two guys, they're a very different team. Their offense can't run really that smoothly. And, you know, really it comes down to just CMC. As long as you rush the passer and stop the run, it doesn't really matter who you have in the secondary. So winning that game, yes, it was a big win, but it's not doesn't really hold the same merit that it should. Um, so I'm taking the Bills to win this one. The Bills are another team that really haven't looked great. I don't think they're a contender, um, but I still think that they're going to do enough to beat the Bengals on the road. Uh, they, just, they, they win games like this, and it's all going to come down to just how they protect the ball. I know Josh Allen's fairly turnover prone since he came to the league. I believe he leads the league in total turnovers. So um, going with the Bills, I think it's just going to come down to protecting the ball. Whoever has less turnovers is going to win this one. Yeah, Bills get right game. I know the the Bengals seem to have kind of got it rolling lately, but I still wonder how legit they are right now. Um, The offense still doesn't seem right to me. I know they kind of had a good week, but it just it felt like a weird – the Niners are lost right now. I don't know what the deal with them is after they look like the best team in the league through four weeks. So um, give me the Bills to kind of bounce back this week, get back to form and win on the road, get a really big win in Cincinnati this week, um, cover the two-point spread, obviously, if they win. Chargers, Jets, one on that football, back-to-back primetime games for the Chargers. Uh, Chargers favored by three on the road. I think the Chargers win this game. I think, the, I think the Jets cover, though. I think this is a game that the Chargers take a game-winning field goal or they get a game-winning stop to basically end the game. Um, it feels like the Jets, every game the Jets play comes down to, like, the last play or two or three. So I think this is a game where the Chargers kick a game-winning field goal. We haven't really seen one of those this year from them yet, so I think could be in for one of those weeks with them. Or we get a week where they – you know, they get a stop to kind of end the game. Zach Wilson and the Jets get the ball with, you know, a couple of minutes left to try and go score and they don't get it done. So we'll see. Um, 
see what happens. I think the, the Chargers win with the Jets cover. Just the Chargers can't. I, mean, I know they beat a bad team last week and they and they they covered and they blew them out of the water. But I just don't like this Jets defense is really good, and it kept them in games against the Chiefs, the Bills, um, who are two really good teams in the AFC. So I think this is a game that that the Jets could very easily win because the defense is so good. That's I think the Chargers. The offense looked a lot better this week. I know the Bears aren't great. They're not a great defensive team, but the offense looked the part in the first half, and they kind of just took the foot off the gas in the second half, which we can grab, I can grab about another time. But they looked the part to start the game last week. They looked like they were clicking. Justin Herbert seems to be back to himself after a couple of bad games. So I feel like the finger didn't really bother him this week. He seemed locked in. They finally got the ball Quentin Johnston. So I think this is a game of the Chargers. Just get it done late um, and, and win, uh, either walk it off with a field goal or they get a stop late to end the game and win. Under with win by less than three points. Yeah, I think this is going to be really close as well. I'm also picking the Chargers to win and cover. Um, when I was trying to pick the spread, I thought about it for a minute. Um, you know, the trip's tough for the Chargers. They lose three hours, but uh, I still think they're going to win it. Uh, the Jets just have looked up and down. And I know the Chargers have as well, but they're coming off a win. Um, I wouldn't say like a big win, obviously, but a win nonetheless. And that still kind of has the same impact in the locker room and. I think that'll help them kind of find their stride here and get a, a big win on the road uh, for what's a tough schedule. But that pretty much wraps it up. Um, pretty straightforward episode today. Obviously, the addition of the college football thoughts. Figure we're going to have maybe an abbreviated thoughts segment every week so we can bring back the rookie watch next week. Um, yeah. We'll kind of just talk about maybe the changes with the CFP rankings each week not discuss every team um, with a little more geared conversation towards those top four or five, six teams fighting for a playoff spot. But um, NFL, we have 14 games this week as four teams have bye weeks uh, differed on four of the 14 and college football. We were the same on all six um, predictions We are we pick spreads, but we don't put those towards our record. So through, Nine weeks of predictions, um, NCAA, so the college football, we're both tied at 34 and 16. In the NFL, I'm 74 and 48. Brady is 80 and 42, bringing our total to I am 108 and 64. Brady is 114 and 58. So um, still has a six-game lead on me. Um, we still have, shoot, including bowl games and playoffs, we still have like 10 weeks left. Um, I think next week is the halfway point of the football season collectively. So um, a lot of exciting games coming up here as it comes down to crunch time, especially college football, um, NFL teams trying to get healthy and contend for playoff spots or seeding for the better teams. So lots to look forward to a lot to stay tuned um, for uh, follow us on Instagram and X at cold seat podcast. Um, stay up to date on most of all the latest sports news especially pertaining to football nba mlb um yeah we'll see y'all tuesday for episode 60 and then the following thursday for another thursday turf talk we'll see you guys then